Welcome, everyone, to the most accurate podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Niles, and our friend Jen Akins is on a well-deserved vacation this week. So with me is my excellent co-host, Chris Allen. Chris, how you doing, buddy? I'm not doing well. Uh, one, because Jen is not here with us, because normally I'd go and like ramble for a second and then switch it over to Jen. But now that I'm actually reminding myself out loud, I won't slip up and ask how Jen is doing. But it's... I don't know. Today is technically the first day of spring. That's that's a, that's right. Is is that correct? Sure. It sure doesn't seem like it. But yeah, and that's <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, don't you hear it in my voice? Like this past weekend, uh, out in the like, I'm, you know, for most folks that don't know or do know, like I'm out in Ohio, and it's it was like 30 degrees over the weekend, man. Like it's supposed to be the first day of spring, a little bit warmer outside, or at least enough such that the kids can play outside and. I'm not having like sinus congestion issues in fricking March. Like what is going on? <laughs> like I, I hate it. Uh, I just, I hate the cold to the point where it's just like unmanageable. And, like you don't feel like doing anything else other than sitting inside. I'm not saying it needs to be hot outside. Not saying it needs to be like the dead of summer where you're just hot, like waking up, but at least somewhere in between where as soon as the weather turns, then my throat starts getting sore and all the rest of that stuff. But otherwise, I'm happy to be here. Let's talk some football. A lot of free agent news. I mean, we just had a signing earlier today, so plenty to get to, though. We did. We had a couple signings today, so we uh frantically updating our, our boards here, which is nice. Uh, Chris, I was thinking, I don't think I've done a podcast, just you and me, so no. I'm hoping... Because oh, we yeah. always had a guest that yeah, first that's year, right? right? Yeah. So I, I'm hoping, and I'm going to do this Seinfeld reference in honor of Jen, right? Because <laughs> Jen isn't here. I, I, there's the episode where George and Elaine have to hang out by themselves without Jerry, and they can't figure it out. They can't figure it out. So I'm hoping that you and I are, are more the George and Jerry or the Jerry and Elaine relationship and not so much the George and Elaine relationship. So, yes. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and I, and I'll just, I'll just go ahead and say, it. I think I'm the George, Chris. I think it's, I think it's fair to call me the George. I think. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like maybe after this is that we'll, we'll, we'll put a pin in that. And then after the episode is over, then we'll figure out like whether the losing the team is the George. Yes. That's there we is. go. Yeah, that's absolutely. how we'll figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we're going to have some fun today. Uh, we're going to do a free agency draft. You know, um, we're recording Monday night, a week after free agency started in the NFL. So, you know, there's lots to talk about, lots of player movement, but nothing that really hasn't been said. But nobody has done a draft of only the free agency signing. So we're going to do that, see how it comes out. It'll give us an excuse to talk about some of these players, hopefully in a different light than how they've been talked about up until this point. A uh, couple ground rules before we get started. Must be a player who didn't re-sign with their current team. So I'm sorry, Chris, you can't draft Daniel Jones. I'm terribly sorry. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> that was my 101. A 101. Uh, we can include traded players. So uh, traded players are Brandon Cooks, guys like that are on the, are on the board. Uh, and no one who's been tendered or tagged. So uh, Lamar Jackson and uh, Tyler Huntley, um, those guys both not on the board because they oh, have been tagged. That so, was my 101. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to fill out a super flex fantasy roster. So quarterback, super flex spot, two running backs, two receivers, a tight end, and a non-super flex spot and to see who gets to go first i have a trivia question for you oh boy uh, chris and i'm gonna give it to you as a 50 50 i'm gonna give you an over under okay all right all right so over under career rushing yards for Corey dillon as a bangle okay as a bangle he is the career rushing leader for the cincinnati Bengals. nobody all rushed right. for more yards as a bangle than Corey dillon over under 7500 yards 7,500? Ah, uh, how many years did he play? Can I get some, can I get some side questions? This is, this is, uh, this is a little against the rules, but you know what? I okay, like I'm, I'm asking, I'm, just, I'm, I'm probing. I'm just like asking to see, yeah. you know, well, what can I get? Like, you know, how much can I, how much can I, information uh, can I extract? I'll give you one me? year of the bookend. Okay. All right. How about that? All right. All right. In 2003 was his last year as a bangle. 2003 was his last year. Mm -hmm. All right. And then he went to New England after that, right? He did. He had a very okay. successful career in New England after that. 7,500, you said? Uh-huh. I'll take the over on that. The over is correct, my friend. 8,061 right. yards. Okay. Uh, number two on that list, James Brooks, was 6,447. And then we had Rudy Johnson and Pete Johnson and Joe Mixon all over 5,000. That rounds up the top five career rushing yardage leaders for the Cincinnati Bengals, your Cincinnati Bengals. Woo. Chris, you are on the clock, my friend. In our... 
uh, first inaugural Superflex fantasy free agent draft involving two people. Right. Yes. I think that's the caveat right there. It's a super flex draft involving just two people. So yes. for the folks that look at the rosters and be like, oh, what was that? Like a six person draft? Well, in this case, it was yeah, right. Just absolutely. like just a two person draft. And that's why our rosters are completely loaded. I mean, until we get down to, you know, uh, Taylor Heineke and whatnot, like for quarterbacks. All right. So <laughs> super flex uh, right off the rip. I, I, I got to take Aaron Rodgers. Right. Uh, even though we haven't heard about the trade details or trade hasn't even been executed yet. Right. But his move to the jets, assuming that all goes through, I'm not even going to get, do, do you care at this point? I think we, we talk about this last, this last week. Do, do you care at this point about the, who's got leverage or what the, you know, what the implications are at all? I, I'm pretty sure everything's been said about what is going to happen when Rogers goes to New York or, what the Packers going to look like post Rogers. And so are, are you just kind of done with the whole thing? Yeah. I'm really in text me when it happens mode. And that's yeah. it. I really don't care. I don't want to see the name until yeah. it's a final and official. And then even after I see that I'm going to log it and then move on to the next thing. That's, that's it. I just want I mean, complete. And also a complete aside that kind of sucks. Doesn't it? I mean, a, a quarterback as good as Rogers, a guy that like essentially once he hangs him up, waltzes into the hall of fame right i mean essentially like like tom brady uh, at least in the sense that when like as as soon as tom brady hung him up everyone was just like well, we're just counting down the days till he puts on his uh, gold jacket uh, at canton same thing for aaron Rodgers, but it's just with Rodgers, this just kind of bums me out the fact that all of this i mean the the person aaron Rodgers versus the football player aaron Rodgers is like there's no way for us to separate the two because once the season starts, everybody's like, we all remember how good Aaron Rodgers can be as a quarterback. And even last season, throwing to Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, uh, you know, whomever. So he was able to complete a lot of the same throws that he could during his back-to-back MVP, MVP seasons. And that's even the other part. I mean, back-to-back MVP seasons. And the only thing that we can focus on as of right now is, I, of course, Jen talking about his sex life like last week. Uh, but that's that's the, we focus on so much of the outside, like off field stuff with Rodgers when so many of the things that he's been able to achieve as a player are so great, uh, minus the just he only has one ring. But still, he's just been such an excellent player. And I don't know, that is kind of that does kind of bum me out. Uh, but overall, it's easy to look at this list of quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers is still capable of hitting some of the high level throws that he was in his back to back MVP seasons. From Garrett Wilson to, I mean, if we still think Elijah Moore is going to be on the team, they say he is, so, you know, whatever. The running backs that are going to be involved in the passing game, assuming Brees Hall's back from his injury timeline, I would say even the tight ends might get involved. We'll see. But either way, that entire offense should be, the floor at least lifts with Rodgers, now part of the fold. So compared to the rest of the quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers is easily, like should at least easily be the one-on-one. It would be Lamar Jackson, but given the rules, we got to go Aaron Rodgers here. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely would be Lamar Jackson. Can't argue with your Aaron Rodgers pick at all. Uh, certainly raises the floor. Certainly makes the uh, second year receiver over there. Garrett Wilson, awfully interesting mm-hmm. seeing Aaron Rodgers over there. Uh, another second year receiver who I think is going to be pretty interesting to look at is Chris Olave, who was phenomenal as a rookie. Absolutely excellent as a rookie. Uh, looked really good. Faded a little bit at times uh, along with the Saints offense who struggled at the quarterback position. Uh, the way I feel like is, is Chris Olave. Uh, did pretty well with Andy Dalton and whatever combination was uh, being hoisted out there. Uh, no offense to Taysom Hill. I know our producer Sal is listening right now. Uh, but I, I'm going to have to say take Derek Carr because you look at the quarterbacks on the board. There's only two quarterbacks uh, in this free agency class that I feel confident will be starting during week 10 of this season. I'm pretty confident in a few of them starting week one. Not super confident about week 10, except Derek Carr signed that big money deal, comes over to the Saints. He's got good offensive weapons there. He's got Alvin Kamara. We'll see about his situation. Uh, Brought in Jamal Williams, who is an accomplished pass catcher. We saw him become kind of a banger last year for the Lions, but we forgot that Jamal Williams is a do-all player. He's a guy who can run routes. He can catch the ball. He can be active in the passing game, so he can do all the things that you want him to do to elevate the play of the whoever's going to be behind center. Uh, and on top of that, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas is supposed to be back, or at least the theoretical Michael Thomas is supposed to be back. They reworked his deal. 
Saints have some options in that passing game, and I think Derek Carr is going to thrive as a result of it. You know, forget we forget that last year he got Devontae Adams, but before that, Derek Carr didn't have a whole lot of receivers to work with throughout his career. This might be one of the better units he's had to work with, which is nice. Uh, he's somebody who's going to reliably get 25 touchdown passes or so, probably going to reach 4,000 yards passing. If I can't have Aaron Rodgers in this free agency class on my fantasy roster, I'm going to have to go after Derek Carr. And I think in a super flex format, I got to take that other quarterback right now, especially when there's at least uh, at least a handful of running backs on the board that I feel pretty strongly about. So Derek Carr, 1.02. Yep. I agree with both of those. And for exactly the reason that you pointed out, I mean, the rest of the guys that are on the list of quarterbacks that we can use in our pool here, we don't know how many games are going to start. But like my next pick is going to be Jacoby Brissett. I'll, I'll go back and look at the, the uh, at least take another quarterback in this draft. But like you said, with your two picks, I don't know if Jacoby Brissett is going to get at least the a full season or get the at least get a fair shake at the starting job now joining the commanders because I don't know do you believe in all the off the the pre Jacoby Brissett hype towards Sam Howe did you believe it or did you assume that they were going to be adding somebody else at some point I assumed they'd add somebody else. I think the fact that they added Jacoby Brissett tells me that they weren't confident that they'd be able to draft somebody, which which I think That's is uh, pretty good where they are. And then I think that bringing in Jacoby Brissett is a really nice option uh, to allow you some flexibility. You can go with Sam Howell on day one and you don't have a lot of money invested in Brissett. Or if Howell's not ready, you can start with Jacoby Brissett. And he's shown he can play as long as they need him to play uh, while they get Sam Howell ready. If Sam Howell's never ready, then they draft somebody next year and start over. If uh, Jacoby Brissett comes out and plays like gangbusters, then, hey, you got a quarterback this year. I think it's a win-win scenario for everyone involved, and I think that a veteran like that who plays a similar style game to Sam Howell, I think Sam Howell will benefit from him being in the locker room. I, I love the signing. I like the pick. I, I think it makes sense at a super flex draft to do that. Uh, now, with two of us here, I am going to do a little bit of gangsman or gamesmanship here. Uh-huh. Uh, because I know two quarterbacks are off the board already, right? So yeah. while I might be looking at a certain favorite player of Sal's, uh, our producer Sal, uh, I, I'm going to go and I'm going to I'm going to shift a little bit my strategy. I'm not going to go with that set quarterback, and I'm going to take a running back. So Which what one do you I think? what I think I'm going to do, and and you could go a lot of different directions here. There's a lot of good running backs, and the guy I'm going to take, I'm going to be honest with you, isn't the guy that I thought I would have taken, right? Okay. He's somebody that I wasn't expecting to take because he's somebody that I, I've never really believed in the longevity. I've always believed in the talent, always been concerned about the longevity. He's played less than 40% of his career games. Uh, but in Philadelphia, Rashad Penny has an absolute uh, monster opportunity to succeed. Uh, he was injured early in the season last year. It wasn't the type of soft tissue tear that you worry about coming back again. I don't know anything about any of this. This is me regurgitating stuff I've seen on Twitter <laughs> and things like that. I don't want to pretend yeah. like it's not like that. But all indications are Rashad Penny should be good to go for training cap. If he can stay healthy for half a season, he can put up RB1 numbers. And he has the kind of talent that nobody else on this list has. Uh, I like all the a lot of the running backs on this list. But Rashad Penny, I think that the Eagles brought him in to take on Miles Sanders' workload. And I think that the presence of Kenneth Gainwell has a chance to keep Penny fresh enough to maybe last a little longer than we hope. So I'm going to take Rashad Penny, bank on the upside, and really, really hope for uh, you know a little bit more mileage out of Penny than what uh, what we're used to. Yeah, I think that's that's absolutely fair. Uh, I was going to look at coming back to my picks or not. Do I get two picks? Do I get two picks now? Oh, you know, we haven't really been... Um, we haven't been snaking, right? Like, yeah, how we don't we, need we to snake with two of them. All right, then we'll yeah. just go back. Uh, my pick would actually be another running back as well. I like Dante Foreman. Uh, Ooh, I like him too. Uh, just from the, what, 10-ish, 10-game uh, sample that we've got for, for Foreman when he was splitting the backfield with Shuba Hubbard, Christian McCaffrey moving up, moving out west to San Francisco. Uh, Dante Foreman, a top 10 missed tackles force per attempt, yards after contact per attempt. I mean, just a north-south grinder, which I know that's all great for the like legit, you know, uh, diehard like football fans and all that. But for fantasy purposes, he actually turned out to be uh, turned out to be fairly efficient with his runs, a uh, 25th in success rate. Uh, out of I think about like 42 graded running backs. That's according to Football Outsiders. So middle of the road in terms of like on a down to down basis, being able to get, you know, pick up yards as needed. 
uh, but also top 10 in breakaway runs, like those explosive runs that we would expect to see out of a running back that's at least not as you not as uh used much like in the in the passing game, which is unfortunate for him. I mean, I think he saw maybe like in the teens, uh, at least in terms of targets. So if we're looking at the Chicago Bears offense right now, not a ton of volume to go around anyway, especially with the DJ Moore signing. But either way, if they're looking for a running back to at least go alongside Justin Fields, who Fields we know is going to get his once they get into within the within the 20, within the 10, uh, he should be able to score in those critical situations. But from between the 20 standpoint, and even if he can break off a few long runs to get into the end zone, Foreman is at least a prime for at least, I don't know, a decent shot, like of the other running back touches there in Chicago. So I like Foreman. Uh, I like the move for him, like going from Carolina to Chicago. Yeah, you know, Chicago, uh, not a good offensive line. Carolina didn't have a good offensive line either last nope. year. Uh, and Chicago brought in uh, mauling, road grading Nate Davis out of uh, from oh, Tennessee. Right. So, yeah. uh, solid right guard is going to come in there. Uh, additionally, Deontay Foreman he averaged four point five yards per carry behind that nasty uh, behind that bad offensive line in Carolina. Uh, David Montgomery's never sniffed that number. Uh, I think that I think you're right. If Foreman gets those Montgomery touches, which I think he will, or at least I think he gets Herbert's touches and Herbert gets Montgomery's touches. Right. Yeah. I, I think if that happens, either way, Foreman is a solid, solid uh, fantasy option who probably isn't going to cost you much this season. I like the pick. I really like the pick. I'm going to stick with the Bears uh, since right. we could do traded players. Uh, I'm not excited about the Bears passing game, Chris. I'm not. I'm not excited about it. I yeah. worry about it. I like Justin Fields a lot. I hope that that passing game steps up. But I do love the talent of DJ Moore. Uh, mm-hmm. And DJ Moore has thrived without a good quarterback dating back to college. Like he's never really had strong quarterback play. I'm not saying he hasn't had good games or where quarterbacks have come in and been okay, but sure. he's not, ne- he's never had an Aaron Rodgers. He's never had like a legit quarterback. And even at Maryland, I remember the, the, the like uh, carousel of quarterbacks that would come through there uh, all struggled. So, uh, but here DJ Moore comes in, the bears have brought him in to be that wide receiver. One uh, clearly was a big part of the reason why they chose the Panthers to trade down with. Uh, that's probably a little further than they wanted to trade down, but getting DJ Moore and a big time weapon for their young quarterback, I think was the priority. And because they were able to do that, I believe that they expect to use DJ Moore. And I believe that they expect getting him early on in the off season. I, I believe they expect he's going to get on the page with Justin Fields reasonably fast. And uh, I have hope for this offense and for more in it. So uh, DJ Moore to me is far and away the best wide receiver available in this pool. And uh, at least from a talent perspective. And so I'm going to go with him and kind of round out uh, some of my starting lineup a little bit more with DJ Moore. I'm with you there. Uh, At least from my biggest concern is uh, just the not competition for targets, because like you mentioned, if I had to compare DJ Moore to Darnell Mooney to Chase Claypool to even like Cole Komet, if you want to throw him in there as well. No, they got it. I thought they brought in another tight end too, didn't they? Robert Tunyon. Robert Tunyon. That's right. That's right. So now with the added faces there in the pass catching group for the Bears, I don't think DJ Moore stands head and shoulders above like most of those guys, even though I guess physically he's shorter than most of those people. But either way, my point is that DJ Moore has been able to command target, but we haven't seen him do it with this many, let's let's just say relevant pass catchers like in the room, right? I think that's fair. So because I wouldn't consider, you know, Shy Smith and Tommy Tremble. That's right. Thank you. I always say shy for some reason. I'd look at it and say shy. She. But I like, but those guys I wouldn't consider to be on the same level as what he'll now see in Chicago. So, and with them already being 31st, 32nd and pass rate over expected, that's a fair concern. But for my pick, I'm taking Juju Smith Schuster, where I don't necessarily have the same concerns, like I as like compared that. to DJ Moore. Whereas compared to, I mean, of course, Tyquan Thornton, okay, Kendrick Bourne, I don't know what he did to get into the doghouse, but that's where he finds himself. Hunter Henry's now there because Johnny Smith is out of town. And really, I'm not expecting Mac Jones to continue to have those same like one or two yard dump offs to Ramondre Stevenson like every single week, which allowed him to make his bones as a PPR target uh, in fantasy drafts last year. But overall, what happened with Jacoby Myers versus Juju Smith-Schuster? They're looking for more yards after the catch. I think that's what Juju can provide to them at this point in his career. So if we're looking for the same workload, I think Juju can Juju can do that. 
looking for lesser target competition. Okay, I think Juju has that going for him as well. And even though obviously it's a massive step down going from Patrick Mahomes to Mac Jones, the amount of volume he should receive and the types of targets that he should get, I think all kind of flows to him at least being at least a decent value where he's going at in drafts right now. So taking Juju compared to DJ Moore, it's kind of a step down. But I think I think over the course of the 23 season, it might balance out. It, it might. Don't forget about Mike Gusecki over there in New England. Might, uh, That's might, true, might but not Jen approved. Uh, uh, not Jen approved. Jen, yeah. Jen has Jen texted both of us or uh, yeah. messaged us on Slack to tell us that uh, uh, it, it was within seconds, I think. Of oh, the yeah. Breaking. It was yeah. almost immediately. <laughs> within seconds of it breaking. Still not Jen approved, Jen said. Yes. Uh, I will give you this. So New England last year, uh, 21st in pass attempts, right? Uh, which, you know, is a, a flawed stat, but is, uh, you know, they struggled uh, offensively. Still, we're 21st in pass attempts. Chicago Bears, dead last. And I don't yeah. know that that's going to get any better. So I definitely, uh, even if the target competition is, is, isn't is as severe as what you've said, uh, even if that's not the case, the lack of targets in general is a very real thing in Chicago. I yes, cannot, is, yeah. cannot uh, argue with you at all in that regard. So uh, Juju is off the board then. That makes perfect sense to me. Uh, I am going to take my first tight end. I'm just going to keep kind of rolling along here. And I'm going to take uh, Dalton Schultz, uh, who just signed with the Texans today. To me, there are really only two tight ends worth drafting in this one. Uh, I like both of them, but I think that Dalton Schultz is going to have a rookie quarterback who's going to need him. And mm -hmm. I think that he's going to be able to find those holes in the defense. And I think that Houston's going to be able to rely on a running game and a good tight end game. And I think Dalton Schultz is going to see double digit touchdowns this year. So uh, going to be high on him as a free agent option, especially since I think his ADP will go down once we start getting uh, from last year. I think from, sure. from last year, his ADP will be lower now that he's on Houston. And I, I don't think people are going to be clamoring to buy Houston's offense. So he's going to be on a lot of my rosters where I don't take a tight end early on or where, uh, or where maybe I double up the position there in the middle to middle rounds. Cause I bet, I bet Dalton Schultz ends up in the ninth, 10th round somewhere along those lines. So that's probably where I'm going to. That wouldn't it. surprise me. Yeah, I think that that makes some sense. And kind of like following along your same vein. I mean, my next pick was also going to be a tight end because I'm seeing Hayden Hurst like still out there. And like, while it pains me that he's not with the Bengals again this season, I'm hoping that uh, Cincinnati winds up actually uh, signing Foster Moreau yeah. in free agency. I think that would be a, a heck of a signing for them at mm -hmm. this point. But Hayden Hurst with the Panthers uh, doesn't sound like too terribly bad. I mean, we were just talking about the quality of pass catchers that are going to be there like with the Panthers now with DJ Moore out uh Dante Foreman while not massive part of the passing game but at least a part of the offense itself also not there but Hayden Hurst now coming there to, to catch passes from I don't know what, what, what who's your bet for quarterback that they're going to wind up drafting you think it's uh Stroud or you think it's Young or you think the wild card Anthony Richardson so I would uh, I would not bet on the wild card yeah I, I would bet on Stroud or Young I I'm going to go Stroud. I just think I, he feels like more of a Carolina pick to me. But then, then again, Young feels more like a Frank Wright guy. So I I, I don't know. I, I'm going to go with Stroud, but it wouldn't shock me the way. To me, it's a true toss-up. I think the the comments or at least the the data that I've seen, you know, about how tall the quarterbacks that Frank Reich has, Frank Reich has worked with in the past traditionally and how that's kind of pointing people towards C.J. Stroud, I kind of get it. You know, but either way, I think with the both of them check the boxes in terms of being not prolific, but at least, you know, high end like quarterbacks. Hayden Hurst, what we saw last year in Cincinnati, being able to work not just across the middle of the field, but down the seams, like as a as a downfield threat, like as a tight end. His pass blocking, run blocking, still something left to be desired, still requires like a little bit of help. You have to not necessarily hide him along the offensive line, but played more as a wide receiver than an inline blocker than anything else. So while that's better for us as fantasy managers, might not be a huge help to the Carolina Panthers in their attempt to, I guess, re, uh, rework their offensive line. But I think Hayden Hurst now should be able to walk into a decent target share given the lack of pass catchers that they got right now. So I would say that he's out of the list that we've got right now. Uh, he's a, probably a solid bet to have like the most fantasy value out of that group. 
I think that that's fair. And I really like just the Frank Reich system for tight ends in general. Like we got oh, some yeah. pretty good fantasy years out of Jack Doyle uh, and uh, Mo Ali Cox kind of was snuck in there for a game or two. Jelani Woods, like last Jelani season Woods, popped, yeah. up, popped up for a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, obviously with the Eagles, Dallas Goddard and Zacherts both were able to thrive in that system. So it, it's good to see. Uh, him acquiring a tight end, going out there and saying, this is a guy that I want to bring into this offense. And uh, Tommy Tremble was talented, but a, a really, 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 really talented blocker. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And uh, and a good, good enough receiver. So I think Hurst is going to be the guy to get those targets. I like that a lot. Uh, you didn't go with Darren Waller. I'm curious if Darren Waller was on your um, radar at all, since he was traded to the New York Giants. Uh, Hurst over Waller. i just curious what your thoughts are of, on Waller in New York. My my thought is that they're going to continue to add in the past, like in that pass catching group, so that not to say that Wilder's impact will be nullified, but it becomes a bit more, I would say, like more murk. That's that's what I'm seeing happen at this point. Now, they're whether or not it's going to come through the draft, uh, I don't. It doesn't. They don't. They don't feel like a team that's going to invest like in the like the first round like for a wide receiver or anything like that. But maybe multiple picks like in the day two ish, day three ish time frame. So that, I, see that. Kind of, I, I can I can see that. Just looking at the way that they kind of built up that wide receiver room around Stefan Diggs, you know, Brandon Bean and like uh, and Brian Dayball, like when they were still like both a part of. Uh, part of Buffalo, I can see that happening like now, like in, in New York, Joe Shane, rather not Brandon Bean, but Joe Shane and Brian Dayball. I can see how they you know, try and pick up, like just add as many bodies as possible, like to the mix in order to give more options to Daniel Jones, which essentially is what they need at this point. Like hopefully get a few more players back healthy, but adding a few more younger pass catchers, more intermediate to deep players. That's what I see happening. But if that wasn't the case, it's that un it's that uncertainty that kind of draws me away from Darren Waller at this point. And, you know, uh, this is going to be a, a Homer thing to say for me as a, a Oregon State alumni, Isaiah Hodgins. They extended him and yeah. he runs the routes that Darren Waller's good at. So I, I do think that that familiarity with Daniel Jones, uh, the Giants were 25th in pass attempts last year. So Brian Dable uh, seems to know where the talent is on that offense. And, uh, you know, obviously bringing in more pass catchers will you know, create more volume, but I still think this offense runs through Saquon Barkley. And I think that a guy like Isaiah Hodgins catches those red zone throws, does those short slants, those kinds of things. They might view Darren Waller as someone who can stretch the seam and open up the middle for Wandale Robinson, Sterling Shepard, and Isaiah Hodgins, those guys that operate in the intermediary. So uh, based spaces. off of what you're saying, Darren Waller is now going to be the new Kyle Pitts. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> that That's what I'm hearing. That's I, what I'm hearing. I think so. I think he's mm. going to be pitched. I think oh, that's the way man. it goes. That's 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 <laughs> tough, man. You heard it here first, folks. Darren Waller, the new Kyle Pitts, avoid in drafts. Waller is going to be someone I don't, I don't draft. I um, probably won't draft him either, just because unless he's I think, really late. You know? Yeah, because yeah. I can see him with the name recognition. People will look at the current pass catching core core in uh, in New York and just say, "Oh yeah, it's Darren Waller. He's going to earn a whole bunch of targets." But then if you look at how that how they've operated. Like with Daniel Jones and Brian Dable, it could be Daniel Jones rushing in a few touchdowns. Saquon Barkley getting into the mix, like once they get into the red zone. Shoot, Daniel Bellinger's still there. So it's just, I, I don't know. I'm not completely sold on it. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, I am going to uh, stick with Carolina, right? You went with Hayden Hurst. Uh, I'm going to take Miles Sanders. Uh, this is a workload thing. I I like Miles Sanders. I loved him coming out of the draft. I haven't been thrilled with him um, as a as a tools guy since he's been in the league. I feel like uh, he doesn't take what's given. His vision hasn't been what I thought it was when I watched him at Penn State. Um, he hasn't been used in the passing game the way I thought he would be. So he's been a bit of a disappointment, even though he's coming off a career year. Uh, but in Carolina, I think they signed him to give him touches. I think they signed him to be the anchor of that backfield. Obviously, I think Chuba Hubbard will still get his, but I think that Miles Sanders is probably another one of the guys on the list who I feel the most confident in getting some work in the passing game and at least 12 touches a game. So he's going to be a nice RB2 for me behind Rashad Penny when Rashad Penny uh, wins the rushing title for Philadelphia. I like that. Yeah. And like <laughs> when he does win the rushing title, there was yes. no if, ands, or buts about it in that analysis. And I, I like that. <laughs> I do like that. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go with Dave Montgomery. Uh, it's, he's the other one that I think you have to consider there, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think so. And I don't, I was never a DeAndre Swift guy when oh. he came out of college. Like that so, was, uh, 
says the guy who drafted him in our dynasty league. I, I know I did. I know. <laughs> and it hasn't worked out for me. See, now, I'm definitely to... not. I, I'm definitely not a DeAndre Swift guy at this point. <laughs> now, I don't know if that is uh, like he was not a like a huge fan. Like, because I know like him and Deuce Staley, like, you, you know, Deuce would always like talk stuff about him and the fact that he was uh, always trying to bounce stuff outside, wasn't, you know, trying to hit the right hole, like all these other things. But now like Deuce is in Carolina, so it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But they've always wanted or they've tried to use a you know, goal line short yardage back a la Jamal Williams over the past couple of seasons. And I wonder if David Montgomery now fills that role. I'm hoping that Swift now gets involved more in the passing game. We did see his target share start to go up like towards the back end of the season because they do need more short and intermediate targets for Goff to target on like third and fourth down, like pure passing type situations because they don't have a tight end anymore. Like there's no TJ Hawkinson anymore. I know like um, Brock Wright and a couple of the other tight ends like filled in every now and again, but really unless Jameson Williams takes that next step in order to be like that wide receiver one that they drafted him to be, there's a chance that David Montgomery could mix in on short yardage, could mix in on goal line work, but can also have at least a small part of the passing role as well, like in that Lions offense. And with them also boosting up their defense as well, the moves they made over the past couple of days in free agency, this could be a good football team. This could be a fantasy-friendly football team. Really and David be. Montgomery could actually be like the cheapest piece out of it that you could acquire. So I, I kind of like David Montgomery there. And he's not someone who can't catch the ball either. Like just because the yeah. Bears didn't use him tremendously in the passing game, like he has the ability, did it in college, has the ability to run some rudimentary routes, especially that little circle route that he does well, where he just sits there in front of the zone defense and you can hit him there. It's yep. that's something David Montgomery does really well. And I I think I think in Detroit he's gonna get those opportunities, and I think it's a better situation for him than it was in Chicago. I was excited. I kind of like all the landing spots for the running backs this year. I'll be honest with you. Don't hate them too much, like so far. I mean, of course, I I personally hate the Samaje P Ryan landing <laughs> spot, but that's for personal reasons. Uh, but otherwise, yes, I do agree. I just feel like it's almost like uh, like all the GMs in the league were like uh, thinking to themselves, "Well, what's the most logical thing for us to do here?" They just went yes. with it. Like, yeah, uh -huh. <laughs> and the contract situations, like for a lot of them, I haven't seen. Like there hasn't been a Christian Kirk like contract that I've seen yeah. so far this offseason where it's just like, whoa, where did that come from or anything like that, which is kind of surprising to see all of the owners as or owners and GMs as I guess as impulsive as some of them can be to say that you know we're going to actually pay like fair and reasonable costs like for most of these players and for the most part. Over the course of this free agency, I haven't seen anything that's just been like that's been like super shocking, at least from a contract standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. I I it seems like everybody's being sensible. There's not there's not much drama this year, just uh lots of excitement and fun activity. I mean, I guess Aaron Rodgers is drama, but outside well, yeah, that. that's the whole other yeah, but that's always thing. drama. That's yes, the same it's old always drama. drama. Yeah. yeah. It's uh the exception that proves the rule. Uh yeah. I'm gonna take my flex spot. I'm gonna go after another running back here. Uh a guy who just signed today. Uh, Damian Harris. I, I think that James Cook is a really good addition. I think he's going to have a better season this year than he did as a rookie. We saw his usage go up tremendously toward the back, the, uh, back half of the season. Uh, I like James Cook a lot. I don't think the Bills want to give James Cook 20 tick carries a game. I don't think that's the kind of offense they want to run. Damian Harris, I think, can do the things they want them him to do. I think he has a high-end uh, touchdown potential. I think he's a talented player. So of the guys left, there are a few options I really like. Uh, and, and it's a really close call here between Damian Harris and Jamal Williams for me. But I think that Damian Harris ends up being the guy that I most like in my flex spot. Uh, now that he gets away from that New England situation, don't forget running backs in New England don't exactly thrive. Like Ramondre Stevenson looks like a stud, uh, but uh, he's kind of a rarity for that offense. That offense, Bill Belichick typically cycles through backs. You never know what's going to happen. So yeah. I don't like banking on Damian Harris falling out of good graces of Bill Belichick, meaning he doesn't have the talent to be a, a one or a one, a or a one B running back on a roster. So I think he's going to fill that for the bills, uh, a, a role that Devin Singletary turned into at least a flex worthy position more often than not. 
No, I think that's fair. And especially to your point about the Patriots offense, we were talking earlier about the role that Juju Smith-Schuster might play. Well, even with Johnny Smith, like out of the picture, I mean, what if Juju now takes like some of those short ADOT targets that Ramondre was getting like last season? So, and also with how much Mac Jones was complaining about the offense last year, I mean, what, like cursing the coaches out on the sideline and all this other stuff. (laughs) What if now, instead of looking more short area of the field, he's taking more deep shots down the field? I mean, that would certainly change like the, yeah. the outlook of what Ramondre's team is going to be used in the passing game. So, no, I 100% agree with you. I think that's a good call. Uh, next one, yeah, I'll probably stick running back as well. Uh, I'll, I'll take Jamal Williams to the Saints. Uh, but I would say about a month ago, no, actually take that back, not even a month ago, at the end of the regular season, when I was looking at what the Saints roster was going to look like for 2023, I didn't think they'd be able to, like, I didn't think they'd be able to compete in the NFC South. But now, could 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 they win the NFC South at this point? It's not it's not unreasonable to think they could win the NFC South, because uh, we were already talking about the move for for Derek Carr, Michael Thomas, theoretical Michael Thomas, like being back, Chris Olave, Juwan. I mean, just insert names here, and also having we know that the Alvin Kamara potential suspension is looming, but having a player like Jamal Williams, who we know can at least work in on the short yardage situations, goal line situations, two minute drill and all that. And actually let's say be functional in the passing game. He's certainly not Alvin Kamara as a receiver, nor does he have the same contact balance, but can he be used in passing situations? Yes. So overall they've actually been able to piece together a a decent, uh, decent offensive roster. Offensive line still looks fairly solid across the board. I think they're returning four or five starters if I'm remembering correctly. So yep. overall, I mean, Jamal Williams, I mean, of course, and everybody loves Jamal Williams. I mean, just listen to him talk for 30 seconds and tell me you don't love you don't love that man. He's so easy to root for. He's I so mean, easy to root for. God, I mean, it just every single interview he does. It's just like there's one at least one quote like every single time that he talks. So, yeah, for me, like Jamal Williams, for sure. That's yeah, that's awesome. Jamal Williams was the other guy. I, I flip flopped, and you know, if you have me do this again tomorrow, I might take Jamal Williams over Damian Harris. I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe uh, yeah. <laughs> playing with Josh uh, Allen versus playing with Derek Carr. I mean, eh. yeah, that's that's a good point. Although Derek Carr will hand the ball off to Jamal Williams, that's something that's we know true. we know yeah. he will do. So yeah. uh, he had no problem handing the ball off to Josh Jacobs, especially in the red zone for the last few years. So absolutely, yeah. uh, I'm going to take uh, Sal's favorite guy here. I'm going to take Gardner Minshew. Uh, to me, this really, this super flex spot comes down to Minshew or Jimmy Garoppolo and Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, is just a little bit less of an unknown. He's coming off an injury. Uh, we kind of know what Jimmy is as a fantasy option, right? He's, he's fine. Jimmy's fine. He's a good streaming option. He works. Uh, Gardner Minshew might not be better than that, but I think he's at least that. Uh, with the Colts, he's got Michael Pittman. He's got uh, Jonathan Taylor in the backfield. Got some young, exciting tight ends there uh, with Kyler Granson and uh, and Jelani Woods, as you mentioned earlier. Got a pretty good offensive line when it performs. So I think that Gardner Minshew has a good opportunity to succeed here. Now, the downside of Gardner Minshew, right, is the Colts are about to draft somebody. So, uh, so that's the downside. But I think they're going to end up with Anthony Richardson. And if they end up with Anthony okay. Richardson, then I think that it's going to be a year before we see Anthony Richardson on the field, unless Gardner Minshew's terrible, in which case uh, this was a problematic pick from the start. So. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so injuries aside, Jimmy Garoppolo, I have more faith in him starting all season, but Gardner Minshew, I just think has a little bit more upside. I like that offense a little bit better. I think there's a little bit more uh, stability there. I know that's weird to say for a team that just had a coaching change, but yeah. I, I, I'm a little more bullish on the Colts offense in general than the Raiders right now. So I go with Gardner Minshew as my super flex option. No, absolutely. I think that makes sense. And looking at the remaining quarterbacks that are on the, that are on the board, I mean, with Taylor, Taylor Heineke's out there. We talked about Sam Darnold last week, um, Andy Dalton, like uh, out in Carolina, like we know what most of their functions are going to be. Like they're going to be more or less, uh, I wouldn't say Taylor Heineke is an established veteran, but let's just say a veteran to work behind like the current starter, right? Uh, so overall, yeah, no problems with I'm, that. I'm curious. The the guy I I I think about a lot is Baker Mayfield, and I I'm curious what you think about him in Tampa. He's got really good weapons to work with. Uh-huh. Uh, he he has looked 
both horrendously bad and kind of good in the last year. Uh, what do you think about him in Tampa? Would you put any any eggs in that basket in a Superflex format? Obviously, one quarterback leagues, no. But super in a flex, super flex. Yeah, yeah, why not? I mean, it, if you're looking, if we're all, we always try and contextualize the entirety of the offense, like with not just what the quarterback is capable of, but what his pass catchers are capable of. And if we're going to show at least similar love to, I mean, we talked about Jimmy G earlier. We talked about Derek Carr. And most of these guys in a one quarterback league, they're the guys that you typically would find out on the waiver wire. Yeah, and they are streamers. streaming options. Exactly. So I think Baker Mayfield, like he definitely fits in that role now throwing to Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. I mean, so all of that kind of factors into that. So I, I would say, yeah, I would, I, would give, I would give Baker some love, and especially in this format. Yeah, why not? I, I would say that compared to because like Andy Dalton, no chance that he sees the field like in 2023, unless there's some sort of injury or whomever the Panthers draft is yeah. just a, a complete disaster. I can't imagine. I, I, I feel like if Andy Dar Dalton starting week one, the Panthers are already kind Something's of in trouble. gone horrifically yeah. wrong. <laughs> and I would say the same thing for Taylor Heineke. Yeah. Right. But I don't see the same thing for Baker Mayfield. Because I get it that Kyle Trask more or less he had a shot at being the starter, but then when Tom Brady became available, then it was like, yeah, buddy, like you're you're not gonna not gonna see the field anytime <laughs> soon. So I can see Baker getting in, let's say ten to twelve games somewhere in there, mm -hmm. unless they have some sort of a huge desire to figure out whether or not they want to see what they have in Kyle Trask. But to me, it doesn't sound like there's much of a shot for Trask to start a ton of games like this year. So at least from a volume standpoint, Baker would be at least my next logical pick just for those, for those reasons. Like you would have the most of the offensive core still put in place. Offensive line should be more or less intact. I know they lost like, I thought they lost like one starter this offseason. No, they correctly. lost uh, 147 starters last year to, that's, to free that's, agency. And that's injury. what it was last year. Yeah, uh, but they should be okay. They're going to get some health back. They should be yeah. okay. Offensive line wise this year. Uh, also, uh, my thinking with kind of liking Baker is, as far as being able to stay in the lineup for a while, uh, what you said earlier about New Orleans winning the NFC South, anyone could win the NFC South. And yeah, you might not need to win more than eight games to do it. So it, yes. it, it's very possible the Bucks could stay competitive, kind of like last year, uh, could stay competitive and keep Baker behind center, even if they're not winning at like a really ferocious clip. Yeah, and I think all they would have to do, most of the defense is still like fairly decent, uh, like mostly intact. I thought they lost maybe like one or two starters like, in free agency, I think. But either way, with the way that we were looking at the entirety of the NFC South, Baker could pull something out, win seven to eight games, get them to a wild card spot or something along, the, along those lines. So he would be my, my next pick, at least kind of round out the quarterbacks, because not too many other potential starters, at least in the in the pool that we've got. And we have left uh, both left our wide receiver two spot open at this point, Chris. So you'll be taking a receiver next. Uh, show us uh -huh. what we think of this receiver class. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, but everybody knew that kind of coming into this offseason, right? I think what sure. the big the headliner, at least throughout most of the back end of last last regular season was Odell Beckham. Uh, when he didn't get signed to a team or, or anything like that, like throughout the uh, before the trade deadline uh, and even tr to try and make a Super Bowl run with whomever wanted to sign him. I figured he would be the hot topic throughout free agency. He still is still is not signed. So that kind of give that to me that indicated like this is the type of wide receiver free agency class we were dealing with to begin with. Uh, I think so, too. Uh, OBJ is an interesting option. I have him off my draft board because I have no idea what to do with him. Same. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he's going to land somewhere. Someone will sign him and we're going to be interested and it's going to see what. But I kind of see him more as like a damaging presence than someone that uh, that actually lifts up a fantasy squad. And I don't mean that on a personal level. I mean, I think he goes in and ruins someone else's fantasy value, not really going in and being a super value himself. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because <laughs> like he, if he signs with Dallas, that means he's taking away, let's say, potentially like slot targets from CD Lamb. He signs with Buffalo. He's yeah. taking away targets like from stuff. I mean, he's taking away, he's siphoning away targets like from whichever established like wide receiver one that would already be on the squad. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so who are you taking? Who's your number two receiver? My number two receiver. I'm going to go off the board here. Ah, quite literally off the list. Okay. Uh, I'm like going to go for a receiver that's not listed on there. I'm going to take Deontay Hardy. 
Oh, I love this. I love this, Chris. I should have put Deontay Hardy on. I'm a return specialist guy. Yeah, I'm a no, return I'm surprised he wasn't on, I should on have put him list. on there. Yeah. <laughs> so like uh, 2021, actually, Deontay Hardy, he was eighth in yards per route run, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, and until like 2022, like, you know, number of injuries like kept him off the field. He was actually like a like fairly efficient receiver, both as short yardage, like getting him on crossing routes because I mean, he can run, I, I mean, definite speedster. I mean, but what is like, what's his frame? Is he like five, eight bucks, 70 buck 80, like somewhere in there, something like that. And he's struggled to stay healthy the last couple of years. That's, that's definitely been his thing. Uh, he's had a hard time staying. He's five, six of buck 70, according to pro football reference. Yeah. So, I mean, not the biggest guy, but my thought is, I'm with them releasing Isaiah McKenzie and then bringing in Hardy. That almost seems like that's kind of the, they still want somebody to fill that role and Hardy, given his, uh, given what we've seen from him on the field, he could fill that role, but then also be more or less like that interior wide receiver three that would allow, you know, that would allow Stefan Diggs to operate on the outside in the interior. Hopefully Gabe Davis takes a step forward in like his next season and be that wide receiver two, but they still need like that wide receiver three option. And maybe Khalil Shakir steps into that role, but also, but having again, that backup type of guy, cause they also brought back, I mean, Naeem Hines, like he resigned with the team as well. Yeah. So they would have another potential option for a special teams, like return type of uh, type of player as well. So like Hardy for me, I think he's, he'd be a solid ad like for over the off season. And cutting Isaiah McKenzie, you know, there's definitely an opportunity there for slot targets for, uh, for Hardy as well. I could see him playing a little bit of offense, which would be interesting. Yep. Mm-hmm. I like this. I like off board. I'm a fan of that. And of course, I, I always get excited when we talk returners. So that oh, yeah. So I figured you I figured you'd like that one. So I'm going to go a little uh, a little. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe someone you weren't expecting me to go here. I'm going to I'm going to go Mac Hollins. I, uh, OK, you know, signs with the Falcons after a career year with the Raiders. Right. He had his breakout season. I know it wasn't, uh, you know, an explosive, amazing year, but it was a viable fantasy option year at least and uh goes over to the falcons who need a wide receiver too right uh, they've got drake london there uh they need that big target they need somebody there for desmond ritter to throw the ball up to holland's really good at making uh contested catches uh he's not great at creating space uh but if he can get on the same page with desmond ritter who has a little bit of a gunslinger's attitude then i think he might get some jump balls we might see mac collins get the kind of red zone targets that we need and we know he can get downfield and win those types of contested catches as well oh, and yeah. ritter's got the ritter's got the arm to sling it down there so of the available receivers and i like adam thielen i like paris campbell with the giants it's kind of an interesting option but i think that mac collins is the guy i feel the most excited about adding to my roster of the players that we uh have left in the pool no, I definitely like that. And I forget, uh, I think it was Nate Tice from The Athletic that had talked about the usage for Mac Hollins on in-breaking routes over the past two seasons. He's been one of the more efficient uh, wide receivers on those types of routes. And Arthur Smith likes to use those in his route combinations, like on, on play action and whatnot. So I do think, given the way that Hollins was used in Vegas, moving over to Atlanta, I think makes all the sense in the world. So yeah, I he even did that well in Miami two years ago. Like oh, he's got right. that yeah, body. I about that. Yeah, he can mm-hmm. wall off guys. He kind of makes that. I'm, I'm doing it like I can run a route. When right. I can. But uh, <laughs> I would, I would like, I would just burst into a cloud of dust. Right. Yeah. There's no way I couldn't run a route when I played football in high school. And by, by played football, I mean wore a jersey instead of the sideline. No. Yeah. But, uh-huh. uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, he does those in breaking routes exactly like what you're saying. He walls off uh, defenders with his body and uh, has a good way to beat the zone. He's I I, I like Mac Collins. I'm excited uh, for him in Atlanta. I think it's a good fit, good scheme, like you said. Uh, what do you think about Jacoby Myers? Neither one of us brought up Jacoby Myers. Goes over to the Raiders to start, uh, theoretically start opposite Devontae Adams. Uh, just a couple of these guys we didn't touch on, specifically Myers and Alan Lazard. And then I'll, then I think we could ignore the rest of the receivers. <laughs> I mean, for for Jacoby, it's just more of I'm struggling to figure out like what their offense is going to look like in general. They bring back Josh Jacobs, so I get it. They still want to have at least a not run first, but let's say run leaning run mentality. We'll go with that. But without Darren Waller, I'm sure most folks will say the volume is going to be there. But okay, fine. But what types of targets is he going to be getting? My guess is Devontae Adams is still going to be the primary target once they get into the red zone. If it's not going to be Jacobs getting the ball, 
So what types of targets can we expect for Jacoby Myers? Like what type of output are we really going to see that's going to at least separate him from his time in, in New England? What the running joke was Jacoby Myers wasn't scoring touchdowns like in, in New England. What's the guarantee he's going to be scoring touchdowns in, in Vegas? I'm not seeing what the improvement for his situation is going to be, just given the quarterback that he's playing with, the wide receiver that's going to be alongside of him, and the type of offense that he's going to be in. Like connection to Josh McDaniels, I I, I don't care about that because I just it seems like it's he's just out of the frying pan and into the into the oven like type of situation for Jacoby Myers at this point. I'm I'm with you. I uh you know I could see him being usable, right? I could see him yeah. having some value. But as far as upside is concerned, I'm with you. Like I'm really just buying Adams and Jacobs in that offense. That's really all yeah, I'm interested. I'm, I'm... And I'm just tired of getting excited about Alan Lazard. I understand he's a Jet and and Aaron Rodgers still there, but he's had Aaron Rodgers and now he has Garrett Wilson. So I'm just I'm just not excited about Alan Lazard. <laughs> no, I guess I am. Uh, out of the rest of the receivers that are there. I'm ex- I'm intrigued by wherever DJ Chark winds up at. Oh yeah, dude, That's dude, the, dude, dude. Yeah, he he would have been like he would have been my my next uh, my next pick, uh, just because we know that the intermediate and deep uh, skill set is there. If he let's say I think even we we talked about it last week with Jen. Like my thought was he signs with the Chargers. I'm all in to go with. I mean Mike Williams will be 29 this year. Keenan Allen is already 30. I mean, they're their only two efficient intermediate pass catchers at this point. So they need somebody else that I'm, I'm not talking about like creating explosives because Justin Herbert can throw the ball downfield to Josh Palmer. He's done it to DeAndre Carter. Michael Bandy's even caught 20%. I'm talking about consistent usage on like third down, fourth down, if they decide to go for it with Kellen Moore and all that. So DJ Chark could fit into that role for them. So I think that would be an interesting situation for, for him to go to. Honestly, if he went to Seattle, because they could probably use a reliable like third pass catcher alongside Tyler Lockett, you know, and DK Metcalf, that'd also be pretty cool too. But I think the Chargers is to me like the top tier, like the one that makes the most sense in my mind for DJ Chark. I, the rumors are the Panthers, so we'll see what Panthers happens. work out too. Yeah. yeah, but it's just the quarterback is just yeah. that's the wild card at this. Also, point. I have Justin Edwards on the phone. He's very upset that you're not all in on D Eskridge. I just just said <laughs> like, Justin Edwards <laughs> just called. I, I He's figured, very upset. Yeah, I figured he would have something <laughs> to say about that. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, just a couple more little quick questions here on guys we didn't touch on. Then we'll do a recap and uh, uh, answer a quick question that our producer has. Uh, Zeke, uh, Zeke Elliott, Kareem Hunt. Uh, Leonard Fournette, all unsigned. Uh, those guys, is there anywhere that those guys could land that would be interesting to you? Are they pretty much afterthoughts at this point? Uh, afterthoughts for fantasy, but still have their utility as just football players. Like the, There was some buzz about Zeke uh, potentially coming to Cincinnati. I don't mind it. I would have to see the contract, obviously. I don't oh, it's mind not gonna it. It's not going to be much. I wouldn't, much. I wouldn't think it would be much, uh, but... For me, it's just more about like Zeke is still a, a a damn good pass blocker. He is one of the best in the league at the position. Right. So for as much flack as he got from the fantasy community regarding his lack of speed, the durability like portion of the past couple of seasons for his football utility is still there. So I would think that wherever he signs, I mean, there at least has some situational usage for him whether it's a, a third down type of thing goal line he was still being used in dallas like you know similar to what jamal Williams was being used in detroit when he was still there so that's that type of situation or that scenario for zeke i'm intrigued by wherever he winds up at because i think that's where almost any coach or gm would probably see that's where he can kind of function like in the you know the final let's say one to three years of his career Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, it, that makes perfect sense to me. I'd love to see him land somewhere like that. Um, Tampa is is one of the rumors that would make sense. He yep, pairs up with that would make sense. Yeah, kind of a similar thing to what he had going on with Pollard. That would make a lot of sense. to Chargers, me as well. honestly, I mean, for as yeah. many times as they've, they've been I looking mean, for that. Yeah, for as many times <laughs> they whiffed on us, you know, a complimentary running back behind Austin Eckler. That's assuming Austin Eckler stays with yep. the Chargers. Uh, but yeah, that kind of tandem, I think, would work well, too. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. Um, I uh, let's hear. So the question 
that uh, our producer asked, which I think is a good one. Uh, you and I both play Dynasty and love Dynasty. So uh, I guess who would be the biggest winner? And I'm not I'm, I'm not going to make you answer this yet, but who would be like the one of the b- biggest winners uh, in Dynasty from free agency? Not necessarily one of the free agents, but just a winner in Dynasty. So I'm going to let you bowl that over for just a second. Sure. And I'm going to read off our team names. And I want uh, listeners, let us know which one is George and which one is Elaine, right? So <laughs> the, the worst team is the George Costanza team. And I, I won't be offended if it's me. It's okay. I like my team. I think it's great. But if you think it's the George Costanza team, that's okay. And I want to hear about it. Uh, my team, Derek Carr is my starting quarterback. Rashad Penny and Miles Sanders are my running backs. My receivers are DJ Moore and Mac Hollins. I've got Dalton Schultz at tight end. My flex is Damian Harris. And my super flex is Gardner Minshew. Chris, his roster is Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. His two running backs are Deontay Foreman and David Montgomery. His receivers are Juju Smith-Schuster and Deontay Hardy. His tight end is Hayden Hurst. He's got Jamal Williams in the flex and Jacoby Brissett as his super flex option. So let us know which team you like. I think they're both bangers personally, considering the fact that we have just the free agency pool to work with. I still think that you and I are winning uh, tremendous amounts of money this year with these rosters, Chris. Oh, 100%. (laughs) (laughs) So did you find a winner in free agency? A I don't know if I, I don't know if I have a dynasty winner. I think mm-hmm. DJ Moore is probably the easiest one. Uh, okay. I think he's the one that probably sticks out the most just because from the positions that have the most longevity from a dynasty standpoint, wide receivers, I mean, other than quarterback, obviously, but like wide receiver has the most longevity. DJ Moore is 26. Yep. So entering, like I mean, hasn't even entered his prime yet or entering his prime goes to at least a fairly decent situation. I mean, we'll see what Justin Fields uh, develops into as a passer over the next couple of seasons. Doesn't have a ton of uh, target competition. So, so overall, I think DJ Moore is probably the easiest one for me to point to just because the rest of the guys, a little bit older. Juju Smith-Schuster, a little bit older. Jacoby Myers in a lesser situation. Alan I mean, none of those guys really stick out as potential like dynasty winners or guys that I would probably want to target in a draft. Um, but... I mean, and the running backs that that's I mean, their situations can change. It's not the drop of a hat. I'm, I'm assuming half of the guys that are on the that are in the list of free agency that were uh, we looked at for the pool for this exercise, their situations will change like after the draft. Like, that's my guess. Very so, true. Yeah. So it's just easier for me to look at the wide receivers. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Uh, think if, if you've got a loser, I want to hear about that as well. I'm going to talk about my winner real quick. Uh, my winner is sophomore quarterbacks, right? Uh this was, we could see a situation where lots of sophomore quarterbacks come out and don't have jobs anymore. Uh, we could also see a situation where it's still up in the air and we're ending the draft and worrying about competition coming in. Instead, what we got was we got Taylor Heineke signing in, in Atlanta. That tells me they wanted insurance, but they want to give Desmond Ritter a chance to win that job. Yeah. We have Jacoby Brissett with the commanders. Same thing. That tells me they want some security, but that they are okay with Sam Howell competing there. Uh, we have Kenny Pickett. Nobody came in to compete with him. We did didn't expect that, but still nobody came in to compete with him. And Malik Willis, they didn't make any kind of big move to, to upgrade the quarterback position. Ryan Tannehill, it looks like they're going to rework his deal, find a way to have him start one more year. That gives Malik Willis another year to show that he's the guy instead of them bringing in some other big guy on a three, four year deal and eliminating Malik Willis's value. So sophomore quarterbacks, I think win, uh, from a class that was not heralded at the quarterback position. So it's going to yeah. be interesting. I feel like one of these guys is going to be good, Chris. I'm not sure who, but one of them. I think one, one of them, them yeah. Be good. I'm with you. I'm with you yeah. there. So yeah. do you have a loser or should we close out? Uh, I think one loser that I think does stick out to, to me. Uh, another, uh, I was going to look at one of the wide receivers. Well, any of the guys that are unsigned, but that's probably that's too easy. Yeah. James Robinson signing with the Patriots feels like a, a losing proposition to me. Yeah. Just now he's going to be on his third team. Wasn't even really able to see the field much like with the Jets. And that was even after like Brees Hall was down. We already were. Everybody's already clamoring for Ramondre Stevenson. They drafted. What was it? uh, Pierre Strong. Uh, What was the other running back that they drafted uh, last season? Uh, Was Kevin Harris? I could be wrong. That sounds right. I will look it up right now, but that's that Kevin. But Harris either the way, right. like those yep, two. Kevin yeah. Kevin Harris. I mean, they both mixed in at a couple points like last season didn't perform like too terribly bad. So just James Robinson entering into a situation where he could just be summarily cut at some point if he doesn't wind up at least looking like 
or even return to some of the form that he was when he uh, came to stardom, like when he was still in Jacksonville. So despite the fact that he found a team to be a part of, there isn't necessarily any guarantee for work at this point. So I do think that James Harris, James Robinson kind of lost out like in free agency. I'm with you there. I uh, I was disappointed in that landing spot too. I was kind of hoping he'd get somewhere where he could at, le- could at least be the one B somewhere. And now I think he's just going to kind of get lost in the shuffle, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. Interesting uh, story and rise for him. It's sad to see it go that way. Uh, my loser is Michael Gallup because I think Brandon Cooks just renders him completely, uh, you know, uh, completely irrelevant. I mean, I, I think Gallup will still get looks and all that, but, you know, we were hoping he could kind of reemerge as the wide receiver two in that offense uh, going into this season. Finally healthy, uh, not anybody to compete with at the wide receiver two spot. Uh, now Brandon Cooks is going to come in there. He's going to take that spot. Gallup is going to be looking at wide receiver three production. So we're going to see, you know, every fourth, fifth week, he's going to put up a wide receiver two fantasy number. But outside of that, it's not going to be the reliable output that we were hoping from and that we got from him like two, three, four years ago now. Uh, and, and boy, it's been a long time. I feel like he was he was up and coming and great. And then now it seems like it's already that passed. ACL tear, man. That just that ruined him. <laughs> Poor guy, man. Poor yeah. guy. Talented guy. Maybe he's got he's got his contract, which is good. Maybe he can uh, do better than what I'm expecting this year. So, yeah, uh, Chris, that was a blast. I had a lot of fun with that. Thank you for doing yeah, that. With me. So. Yeah. No, I think that was that was a ton of fun. And I would encourage other folks to like just kind of walk through because seeing how you value I mean, how you value some of the free agency, then now expand that out to, you know, your best ball drafts and all that to see how now that changes once you start incorporating some of the other players that everybody's trying to scramble for. So, yeah, it was a fun exercise. Yeah, fun to do. Thank you very much, Chris. Uh, Jen, hope you're having fun on vacation. We miss you. We will look yes. forward to seeing you next week. Uh, thank you, as always. A pleasure, Chris. Listeners, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Chris Allen FFWX and at Two Guys Brandon. Thanks for checking us out. Have a good day.